Uh, okay, let's get down to business. Rip, rip. Hello. We're back for episode two, season two. It's a lucky episode. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I, in that case, was episode one, season one, a lucky episode? Yeah. Because we started something. And it's sure. still happening. Mm, okay. The theory okay. place. All right. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, we are getting to see some new characters. We're getting some puppy time. And but <laughs> we do get some butt stuff. <laughs> we get some butt stuff, guys. So so stay tuned for butt stuff. Let's get into it. Let's do it to it, honey. Okay, so this episode... Do we want to do a full welcome? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, we just haven't done one. We haven't done one in a while. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to our podcast, where we discuss Sex and the City episode by episode. We're exploring how these stories shaped what it means to be a modern woman, our understanding of sexuality, and all those naughty bits. I'm Zimmy, your cultural sex guide. And I am Britt, your super pop... You're a super bumbling idiot that helps co-host this podcast. You're super sex positive pop culture geek. <laughs> and this it's is Funky Spunk. Spunk. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. How do you feel that way? It was artisanal. Have I done 14 episodes of this podcast? Have you better pull it together. I'm going to sub you out. I'm going to pull in a ringer. Oh, there's been no tequila involved in this recording. I'm not going to pull in a, a ringer. We can't pay a ringer. Get those ad sales. We can pull in a ringer. Yeah. Are you, gonna, are you Anybody out there want to sponsor us? Ooh, while we're doing out there shout outs, I'm derailing everything we've already agreed on that we're going to discuss in this episode. It's one of the themes of our podcast. <laughs> Get derailed by Brit. <laughs> it's one of the de- themes in most people's friendship with me. <laughs> are you listening? Person in France. Ooh, yes. We are dying to know. We assume there's only one of you. Bonjour. I probably said that wrong, but... Yeah, I'm not going to try. <laughs> We're <laughs> we, so excited that you're listening. We want to know you. We, If anything has been uh, clear, um, Britt and I are, are desperate for attention and friends, so... <laughs> Please, somebody love me. <laughs> We're excited. We're, We're excited that you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, reach out, message us. Yeah, please. Anyway, okay, Britt. So this episode opens up with Carrie and her old friend, but we haven't met her previously, so she's new to us and new to the listeners. Susan Sharon. She talks a lot. She's loud. Yeah, she's got a big forehead, weird bangs. Yeah, she's always eating. Oh yeah, she is always eating. But I can't, I can't judge or shame on that. French bread and cheese, please. I don't. Talking and eating isn't. Is a thing that I definitely notice. Yeah. You know, Brad Pitt does it in a lot of his roles, mm-hmm. and I'm into it. It's so sexy. Yeah, he does it really good. But when anyone else does it, I'm like, mm, do you, can we just get, can we like maybe take a break? I can give you five. I can give you five I, minutes. I'm not intentionally plugging this, but we've been listening to that new Scrubs podcast where Turk and uh, JD, who have real names, but I can't remember them, go episode by episode through Scrubs. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I learned is that the actor that plays Turk hates eating because he there's like a lot of continuity issues. So he always demands to be done and have like already an empty plate or something like soup where 
you don't have to worry about the continuity associated with it. No, I don't know if you want to slurp soup. I'm sure the sound guy would hate that. Yeah, but apparently nobody can really tell if you're truly eating it or not. Yeah, I always notice if they do cuts um, in film or TV and you look down at the plate and there's different food portions. (laughs) I always notice that. I also notice if they change shoes. Wow. Yeah. So if actors, it's usually act, uh, it's usually uh, female actors that they put them in some ridiculous high heeled nonsense to do some sort of like action scene. Of in. course. Yeah. And instead of they're like, All right, you're not going to see your feet in this, so let's change you into tennis shoes. But you do get a glimpse of them in their tennis shoes, and then the next scene they've got their ridiculous pumps on again, and I notice. Uh, and now. Me and all our listeners will start looking for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't watch a movie with me, guys. I'm, <laughs> I'm awful to watch a movie with. <laughs> hey, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> uh, I have already... I know we're supposed to be summarizing, and I'm jumping so far ahead here, and I'm jumping to a topic that we said we weren't going to spend any time on. Charlotte gets a dog. <laughs> and this is relevant because we're desperate for attention, and I feel like Charlotte... Gets a dog because she's desperate for attention and cuddles, which I relate to. An awful dog. An awful dog. Uh, but at the end of the episode with the dog, right before she decides that this dog is not the keeper that she wants it to be, mm-hmm. she steps in dog poop in the hallway, but then opens a closed door to find him po- destroying a pillow. Mm-hmm. So how did he poop in the hallway? You just got cats, so you've got mommy, pet mommy brain. That's why you noticed that one. <laughs> my cat jumped in my piss-filled toilet today. We're really oh my god, not getting any work oh my right god. Yeah. Do you know how to clean a piss-filled footy cat? So this episode opens. <laughs> this episode, we meet, what is her name? Uh, Susan Sharon. Susan Sharon. Which just sounds like they are cruel to anybody who has trouble with S's. Yeah. It's Carrie's birthday. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Carrie mentions she doesn't get to see this friend very often because she married this super mean man. So it's usually just when he's out of town. Do you know, do you have friends like this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I have one too. Yeah. Uh, the friend that I immediately think of when she called to tell me that she got engaged, I was like, what was that sound? Is that then, the sound you made? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, this is news. <laughs> and then I hung up the phone with her and sobbed my eyes out because I knew it was the beginning and the end of our friendship. Right. We were never going to see them ever again. Mm-hmm. I feel like in that situation, when you hear news like that, you just end up getting louder as like a, you. if I don't change the tone of my voice, you're going to see right through me. This is news. <laughs> you're calling me news yeah this guy so this guy is actually really really mean oh man if someone talked to me like this we would have some issues uh yes we will definitely spend some time discussing what good communication is because the way he speaks to her like there's a moment where they come back to the apartment so they'd gone out to dinner and she's like oh i got you a present and it turns out this woman is somehow associated with the cashmere industry um Buys her beautiful cashmere. They I make want, a really I want one of those friends. <laughs> right? I'm in tech. I need you to step up. I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am. Oh, I am uh, designing some silk scarves. So maybe a little just like a hop skipping away from cashmere. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I still need you to become the friend that can afford to just give me cashmere. Because then Carrie makes a joke about, can I return this to Bloomingdale's for $900? Mm. And then they make a great cash joke. Cashmere. And I I chuckled pretty hard. (laughs) But in the scene of solid chuckling inside the apartment, he comes storming into the room. And they had been trying to be quiet. Like they were giggling about the cashmere. Mm -hmm. He comes storming in and makes this huge scene about how... They have rules about guests after 9 p.m. He has to be open for the stocks in London or something like that. This huge thing. And then, like, proceeds to attack Carrie in the moment. Mm -mm -mm. And as I'm watching this, I feel for Carrie because there's definitely... I think we've all had the friends, if we're not friends ourselves. I'm not. (laughs) But, if you know, uh, that argue all the time and you get stuck being a witness and you're like how do i leave the situation can i homer simpsons into a bar yeah usually i mean it's definitely pretty awkward but i've never had someone turn on and yell at me no as the friend and that's such a situation where clearly the wife susan sharon (laughs) just can't get over that name uh clearly the wife is mortified but also terrified and doesn't say anything like she calls Carrie later to apologize but in that moment and granted I am a little more of a conflict-oriented person that's the moment that I would have been like absolutely not you and me bedroom now Mm -hmm. I she almost feels scared right right Susan you can sense that she's scared of her husband Mm -hmm. I would not leave without my friend with me Right. For fear of sort of a physical... Right? What does escalation look like in that situation? Yeah. So, uh, yell at me all you want, you dick. <laughs> I'm not leaving here without... But then, then you put yourself... You're in the middle of it then, right? Well, it's also... You can also be putting yourself in a position that you're making it worse. Right. For the possible abusee of the situation. Right. Which, this whole thing... Like, we'll go ahead and... Let's focus on this for a second. She decides to leave him, right? Like she talks to Carrie and she's like, should I even be with somebody like this? And Carrie, who is tired and just like kind of caught off guard and just got attacked mm-hmm. is like, well, I wouldn't. Right. Which is also a problematic statement because you can't always say like what you would do isn't really fair in a situation when there's just pure abuse happening, whether that's emotional, physical or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we're like super skimming right now. Um, but towards the episode, throughout the episode, we keep seeing this character because she's staying with Carrie and she's coming to the girls' hangouts and such. And she's starting to show signs of missing her partner mm-hmm. and showing signs of like, well, he's really sweet. You just don't know him that well. And like these classic moments of there's a reason this these two people came together in the first place. And they get back together. And the end of the episode makes a big joke about like, spoiler alert, Charlotte Chitty Dog. Saves their relationship. But it there's no way it saves their relationship. Their relationship has so many inherent problems. And I hate that this show, being as modern and as like women forward as it is, allowed that to happen. Yeah, this made light of a codependent, abusive relationship. Yeah. And I am not about that. And it did make it seem like this is normal. And I'm not one to... I'm totally one to push myself into places that I don't belong. But if you're in this situation and this felt like if you watch this episode and it felt somewhat normal to you, 
It's not. That's not a healthy relationship. If you feel scared in a relationship, I think that's something that you need to explore with someone who has some Mm -hmm. professional... Right, not me. Expertise, which is not us. Um, <laughs> but if you have you, and I think that's where you, where Carrie could have been, like me, for instance, I'm like, I'm not leaving, right? So I'm like in the middle of the drama. That's not the best way to handle that either. I think that Carrie should have sensed that this was unhealthy and maybe mentioned that she would be happy to help her find maybe someone to talk to mm-hmm. because. Especially they bring up couples counseling. Yeah. In this episode. In the same episode. Yeah. This, this, um, they never really, they never really come back to it either. So it's just, this really bugged me, um, the unhealthy nature of this relationship. And I guess they're talking about like, how much do you say to a friend and how much do you not? Because if you, they mentioned it in the round table. Right. This is the ultimate premise of the show. Right. You're in a no win situation. And they're talking about Carrie's no-win situation. But this is real. Like, this is abusive. So if you mm-hmm. sense abuse in a friend's relationship, how much do you say to them? You know, like, when uh, this friend of mine that got engaged and I literally cried because I knew that it was the beginning of the end of our friendship. I had seen all the signs. And how do you start to mitigate that conversation? How do you start to say, like, hey, it's kind of weird that he doesn't think you should have your own bank account. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird that this is, you know, I just want to make sure you're being intentional and thoughtful and have done the research on your side to make sure that these decisions he's pushing or, or she, this is not, or they. Mm -hmm. I am notorious for having big vocal opinions. Hmm. (laughs) Do we make a podcast about that? And I have found myself in some trouble with that. Because Mm -hmm. you talk yourself out of the room when you Mm -hmm. do that. And then you can't help it all. So learning to... And this is still something that I I work on and I recognize that I have to continue to work on. Mm -hmm. Starting more of a conversation rather than throwing the hammer down is always a better way to communicate through difficult things which is relevant too in this episode on multiple levels because he and her clearly had created guidelines around like no guests after 9 p.m or what have you mm-hmm. so the there it's relevant like that level of communication isn't just relevant to be the carry in the situation and is essentially also what charlotte kind of during this round table charlotte's like well it's a tricky spot but you kind of have to do something about it meanwhile the rest are like Nope. You dumb. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they talk about this a little bit at the round table, but they also talk about another kind of more fun communication style. Some dirty talk. <laughs> it's um, whether or not, Mar- <laughs> whether or not Miranda should be getting dirty, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but essentially Miranda is dating, um, Miranda ends up sleeping with the egg roll guy that she met outside the Vietnamese food truck. Oh my goodness, I forgot that they called him the egg roll guy. (laughs) (laughs) So she's sleeping with the egg roll guy and the egg roll guy likes to talk dirty. Mm. And I have been in this position where I... Oversharing. Cover your ears if you don't want to hear this. You're a talker? No, I've never been a talker. And the first... Shocking. (laughs) I relate to Miranda in this 
because she says as a person who has to be communicating constantly and has to always be thinking about what they're saying, this isn't the place that I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I remember the first time I was, I, the first time I slept with somebody who was more along the lines of the guy in the show, I was like, yeah, (laughs) hard. Good. Like I, I related to Miranda hundred percent throughout this whole piece. Did you ever come around? Did you ever try some things out? I've been with partners. So yes, um, I think this goes back to one of those ideas of when you're with a partner, you want to turn them on to, and you want to hit all of their buttons. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's something where if this is your partner's style, I've definitely learned to lean in, but it's also something I could easily abandon. (laughs) Because it's not the time to talk. I talk all the goddamn time. This is not when I should be talking. But you're not completely silent. No, no. I mean, like Miranda said, I don't know how to throw a good orgasm out there. I know how to tell you I'm coming. God damn it. I gave you a warning. We're back for season two. (laughs) Let me pour myself some more wine. Oops. Oh, that is a pour. Yep. Overfilled. Probably because I overshared. Um... To actually get us back on track, Samantha, who has basically decided that she's still dating dude, whose name I cannot remember. Jim? John? Tiny Dick. Justin. Tiny Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Little Dicker. Um, What's interesting is in the world of Sex and the City, if you've been a Sex and the City fan for a long time, you know all of Carrie's partners. Mm-hmm. And you know most of Charlotte's, not most of Charlotte's because she has a new boyfriend every three weeks, but the ones that are serious and the husbands and what have you, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, which one did you like? And I'm always like, me and I big. <laughs> um, I did not remember that Samantha, I thought the only relationship she had in this show was Smith. And I am shocked that this dude is still here. Well, that's because we, I don't even think as the viewer were invested in this guy. He's got a tiny dig. Get, check him. How is he still here? (laughs) But this is a really interesting plot point because, and I do like the way they do this. So this whole episode is around this idea of how do you have tough communication and should you talk about some of the things that are sensitive? Mm -hmm. And in this, Samantha still hasn't expressed to him that he's got this tiny dick and it's not satisfying to her. Even though in the previous episode, we talk about how there's that great sex scene where Samantha's like coaching him and he's just not getting it. Mm -hmm. Um, so he asks her to go see couples therapy because he is feeling like she's feeling really distant and she's trying to say things like, I'm not feeling that sexual. Well, they haven't had sex in three weeks. Yeah. Which for Samantha, I can't imagine. Yeah. But she goes anyway. Yes. And I think I think this is great because the the therapist is like, have you experienced uh, or experimented with these things? And Samantha's like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I have, but she doesn't want to say anything. I think I, I love it how she blurts out. She was like, I'm not coming back. I you have a tiny you have a tiny penis. I love and hate this because there's so many places and opportunities for her to have this real conversation. And then his reaction, apparently this is just gonna be a podcast of ways to not do things. Because his reaction, he just literally storms out. And granted, Samantha should have brought this up much earlier in the session, slash earlier in their relationship in general. But she finally says it, and it's not kind. And he throws back, well, have you ever thought that your vagina is just gigantic? Yeah, we just, 
We talk all the time about how we need to communicate with our partners and we need to be honest and open and communicate. I'm going to be real. I don't know if I could tell somebody that I don't want to see them anymore because they have a small penis. Well, I don't think that's what you need to say. I think what you the conversation is more of... I'm not feeling as satisfied as I could or have been in the past, but I'm so emotionally like I'm so into you. Can we explore? And that's where, you know, he could and should open up to the idea as to whether the vibrator dildo need to enter the conversation. Right. Um, You know, in it's a little early in the nineties, but obviously like open relationships that come into fashion a couple of years later, <laughs> Sammy just twitched her nose like a goddamn rabbit. <laughs> Peter fucking rabbit here didn't like what I said. Sure, I guess you could have an open relationship. I mean, I'm not saying that's where you should jump to. Yeah, but there's just all they should have talked about it. Take the conversation. They should have talked about it before she just blurted out something really unkind in front of a stranger. Which the stranger is hysterical because she goes, oh, girl, I know. Yeah. Well, let's get to plot A. <laughs> Carrie's birthday. Uh, you know what? I don't even think it's plot A. I was going to say. It's like plot C, but it is the most interesting to me. Okay. All right. Take us away. It's Carrie's birthday. Belly us away. <laughs> Shimmy us away. <laughs> it's Carrie's birthday. She's going to have a... a Moroccan style? It's like an Arabian Nights themed. I'm fairly sure this is cultural appropriation. You wouldn't be able to do this today. It's completely inappropriate. But Mm -hmm. she's having a birthday party. On her birthday, she receives flowers from Mr. Big. Best wishes. Red roses. Now, this would fuck me up. She. We just left the last episode where she is clearly not over Big. Mm -hmm. And then he sends roses on my birthday. Mm -hmm. This would fuck me up. Especially she makes a note as to like how expensive they are, but then how like the note itself is kind of meaningless and frivolous. Yes. This leads though to, yes, it would fuck me up personally and clearly it's fucking up Carrie and she brings it up in the round table and they're kind of split as to whether it's a grand gesture or not. Right. Charlotte's like, this is a grand gesture. You're going to get back together. And the other two are like, yeah, nah. But in the voiceover... While she's deciding whether she's going to call and thank him, she's like, does this mean that he is trying to say that he was wrong? No, Carrie, he didn't do anything wrong. If anyone has been paying attention to our podcast and watching along with us, Big didn't do anything wrong. You crazy. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But like in this episode, I was like, man, I've been wrong my whole Sex and the City journey. And as of right now, Big is the winner. And then I was like, what about all of the other partners? You know, I fucking loved Aiden. Ah, oh, my pain oh, for Aiden. You're so good. I even liked Burger mm. until, you know, mm. the sticky note. Mm-hmm. Eh, no. no. We'll get into that, guys. Sorry. We're going we're gonna to get into anyway, all of them. <laughs> Britt's mind is going to be blown. <laughs> Welcome to this journey with me. <laughs> This whole podcast is because I was just getting frustrated with Brett talking about... Um, talking shit on big. Talking shit on big. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay, so in her... She ends up calling him because, of course, she does. And in her panic, because she feels kind of embarrassed, I think, by the fact that his secretary sent the flowers, really, mm-hmm. she invites him to her birthday party. This is such a bad idea and breaking one of her breakup rules that we talked about. Yeah. 
and breaking the friendship rules in general. Like when Miranda and Charlotte are both like, what the hell is he doing here? That's me. Anytime you bring an ex that I did not know that we were supposed to be welcoming back with arm, open arms, I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. what's this? Yeah, exactly. The claws come out, man. Mm-hmm. And in more of a panic, she invites his date. So she continues to get drunk because that's what I would do, too. Like, how the fuck did I end up here? Let me pause you here. (laughs) He says, well, I already have plans, so I'd have to bring someone. Oh, you don't think that your head would go to, oh, well, she's tall, blonde, busty, and like beautiful. This does go back like big, big also has some communication shortfalls, right? Like we saw this multiple times. He could have easily said that he goes to church with his mother. That's true. He... That, you know, when he could have easily said he had an ex-wife before. There are so many areas where we see Big, there wouldn't be an issue if he would use one more sentence. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like a lot of people, with the exception of me, mm-hmm. and maybe you, <laughs> should do. Use one more sentence. I should probably use two less sentences. Yes. <laughs> I should use a paragraph less. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he says somebody, and so naturally Carrie spirals about that, assumes it's this big, you know, assumes it's Heidi Klum, essentially. Yeah. Spends the whole night drinking vodka rocks. He shows up with his friend who's not blonde, tall, and busty and beautiful. It's the the asshole from the... Yeah. It's, yeah. What a character I didn't need to see again. And... He ends up staying for a lot longer than he says he's going to and has having a really good time. To me, as an outsider, as a friend, let's say I'm a friend at that table, that says Big's not over her. Yeah. I mean, we as a viewer are definitely starting to see that Big is still in. I mean, the secretary asked, hey, this is on the calendar. Do you want to send these flowers? Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. You know, so there was intention and thought there, even though the secretary did it. And he could have sent yellow roses for friendship. All right. Language of flowers. <laughs> but yeah, they do have a good time. And like all of her friends have gone home. The only two people left walking at the end of the night are her and Big. This is also, this is not where you want to be with an ex. Especially on the night of your birthday. I don't think the friends should have left. Unless they thought they were going home to bang. Mm. Is it their responsibility, though, to police your sex life? On your birthday, when you're drinking vodka rocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Let's have a sleepover at my house. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, hey, we're all drunk. Let's go home now. Or, you know, check in and do the like elbow snug and be like, you banging him tonight? Is that a good idea? Should I stay or should I go? Yeah. This goes back to communication, though. That, yeah. Like her friends. I'm not sure. Maybe her friends should have said more at this point than mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they didn't they didn't talk about the awful truth, really, and how much that was going to set her back in her recovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess the question still remains, how much do we say and how much do we not say? Well, we learned from, Sam- from Samantha, from Miranda... There is a limit. There is a limit. (laughs) Miranda decides to lean in, partially because even Charlotte shames her into not being a talker, Mm. not being a dirty speaker. Um, Miranda leans in, starts saying a lot of things, starts to see. I think this is, you know, I mentioned this earlier. If your partner's really into that, that's a part of the sexiness of cool. Well, I want to turn you on further. I want to rev you up further. Mm hmm. And she keeps going, and then she makes a comment of, she says a lot of dirty things that I'm not going to say because I've already said too many things, and I can feel my face is red. Rock hard, throbbing sausage. (laughs) 
Yep, yep, yep. Maybe that should be the name of our episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Anyway, uh, she then goes on to say, you love it when I slip a finger in your butt. Butt stuff. Butt stuff. Which is a perfect transition to a new segment. Well, hold on. Let's just go ahead and say that he has a panic attack and freaks the fuck out and leaves. Oh, I don't know if he has a panic attack, but he definitely like shuts down visually gets uncomfortable shuts down and they're done mm-hmm. yeah and miranda's like no one told me <laughs> bringing up the butt stuff shuts it all down yeah apparently maybe he should have communicated that he seems like a communicator but <sighs> yeah he shuts down Th- butt stuff is a topic that not a lot of people talk about no which we have a new segment we have a brand new segment it's called body talk, not butt stuff. <laughs> Just in case people were like, oh, God, please tell oh me God. they're not bringing in a butt stuff segment. They're going to have a regular segment about butt stuff. No, it's called body talk. And we are going to talk about sexual health. <laughs> we're going to talk about we're going to we'll either talk about an article that we've read about sexual health or something in the news or something with a friend um, and talking about uh, normalizing just some some sexual health issues that we come across and it might be a little um naughty along the way so avert your ears if it's too much so uh in this segment of body talk brit is going to talk about an article uh from the cut that she found so i actually in all transparency i was doing research for the trivia round that we're gonna have so there's a little there's a couple different things that i'm dying to say as a part of like the overall context here but then i'd give away all of zimmy's trivia questions Mm. and i refuse to support her anymore (laughs) uh so what was this article about so essentially this article this article is from 2014 so you know it's 2021 right now it's much older than i would have expected but what prompted me down the Google wormhole I went, which somehow didn't land me in Pornhub. So like, congrats, Britt. You did a good job. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, why I couldn't get a hold of you between 1.30 and 2.30 this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, no, what prompted this is part of why we like this show so much is it does bring modern sexuality modern sexuality into our lives in a way that television hadn't really done prior right right it started conversations mm-hmm. that we weren't used to having and so when he had this like really stark response to a finger in the butt i thought to myself this doesn't seem like a place where he should be so shy about that especially you know we've got gay gay characters in this up in this show where we don't necessarily explore their sexuality openly, but the show is clearly willing to push boundaries. And so here they are placing this dude who's like, ah, I'm a straight gay, but butt stuff. No way. <laughs> Was that what he sounded like? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we have to work on your character voices. <laughs> if I'm not squealing, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> um, but essentially this article really talks about the idea that Back during the Clinton, during the Clinton Lewinsky scandal, that was kind of one of the first times that the topic of blowjobs entered the bedroom. And so, basically, what this conversation was discuss or what this article was discussing is how sexuality took so long 
to actually be something we talked about. And I think that's specifically an American trait, right? Like we always talk about how Europe is so free spirited and they have nudie beaches and like, Oh, we're super prude, super prude. Right. And as a culture, as a pop culture, we're either super prude or we're the extreme opposite of she's a slut. He's a whore. We're going to like, uh, porn shame them, you know, like revenge porn them is what I'm trying to say. So there's no healthy in between. Even that is hushed though. Right. It's like behind your back sort of bullshit. Well, and it's still like, oh my God, how dare they bring up the fact that this person enjoyed this sexual experience in Mm -hmm. a private setting. Mm -hmm. So this article basically talked about how like starting with blowjobs with the Lewinsky scandal we're finally starting to have a little more conversation about things that could happen in the bedroom. And it goes back to this idea of communication, you know, like if you are a person who enjoys a finger up the butt, or if you are a person who enjoys something far kinkier, uh, the article kind of talks about how like, you know, men can be like in a heterosexual experience, men can be like, you know, grab my balls tighter, tighter, tighter. And then suddenly you're like, so you just want to be handled really heavily, huh? Mm-hmm. No, you don't want to talk about that. You though. don't want to talk about that. It's, you just want your balls grabbed. Yeah. <laughs> so this article basically talked about like the shift of this and we are now entering a phase. And again, this article was 2014 where it took until the mid 2000 to the 2010 range esque ish uh, to finally start discussing butt stuff a little further outside of the LGBTQ community. Hmm. Cause it seems like in society we're fine with like, you know, if you meet two gay men, you know, people are constantly like, are you a top or a bottom? Which inappropriate question. Don't ask that. Don't ever ask that. No, don't fucking ask that. <laughs> it's none of your fucking business. It's not any of your business. We can bring up butt stuff in a way that says like, hey, man, I'm totally cool with the fact that everybody likes butt stuff, but we don't have to ask if you're the top or the bottom. Not a single person has ever come up to me and asked if I'm the top or a top or a bottom. No, no. You know why? Because it's none of their fucking business. And because in a heterosexual relationship, it seems fine that you can be either or, but uh, yeah, fine. fuck off. Anyone. Going down a tirade, I didn't mean to go down. Um, but yeah, it's not until relatively recent history that we became a little more comfortable with this. And it's... Which is crazy. It's crazy. Because then you think about... Uh, so again, we're in our early 30s. Mm-hmm. And mid-30s. Doesn't matter. We're old. <laughs> uh, remember the shocker? Primed. We're primed. Yeah. That's a way to put it. Sorry, what did you just ask me? Do you remember the shocker? Yes. No, I didn't ask if you know what it is. Do I remember it? Like, Like, I remember all the little shitty kids that'd be like, bam, and they'd put up the shocker symbol. Oh, okay. And it was like... Like when it was a popular hand gesture. Exactly. And it was only popular because it was this like borderline insult Mm. or shock value situation. Yes. And it wasn't there to say, hey, man, it's totally cool if you want that pinky while you're fingering yourself Mm -hmm. or masturbating or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to go gender free here now. So let's just all let's all assume whatever I say from here on out doesn't matter what your gender is. Okay. (laughs) Or we could we could practice. This is a good this is a good practice moment. You're right. (laughs) You're right. But um, 
so even like that was for me, I feel like that was like late middle school, early high school when I finally learned what this was and this like crude hands and simp signal mm-hmm. that idiot little boys would put out. Mm-hmm. It was never anything. Yeah. So it's taken so long for us to be comfortable with this, even though data suggests that a lot of people when self-pleasuring will shock themselves mm-hmm. and a lot of partners when you're in intercourse want to put a finger up the butt. Even the name insists that it is um, not normal. And that it shouldn't be consensual. Yeah. Which this article does go on to say that this is something where yes we're normalizing it but what we should not normalize is this idea of just like bam did you like that? Did yeah. that give you an additional sense of pleasure? Yes. Because, no, you should check with your partner first. You know what show I think is doing a really great job of talking about these subjects? Hmm. Big Mouth. I figured you were going to bring this up. This is such a um, wonderful, healthy show for adults and for kids. I have talked about how they should show it in sexual and health classes Mm -hmm. for kids. Um, And they actually talk about an episode where... um, they're talking about fingering and the couple is actually, she, she speaks up and she says that didn't feel good. And let me talk you through this. And he was like, but then you would know that I didn't know what I'm doing. And she's like, that's okay. You're not supposed to know. Let's uh, explore. And then they do this like fun uh, animation around like (laughs) pleasuring each other. And it's so wonderful. And uh, Nicole, if you ever want to come on the show, please do. Before you come, I'll watch Big Mouth. Okay, so do you think... Back to this idea of the awful truth. Like, this is a tough conversation, but it's a conversation that should be easy to discuss. He is in the situation with Miranda. Miranda clearly has... Miranda and him have done this, and it is a part of their sexual exploration. And if he doesn't want her to bring it up in Dirty Talk, he could just say, hey, don't bring that one up. Yeah. So you think, okay, so this was not normalized when this was filming because this episode was filming in the early 90s. So Late 90s, but yes. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, That's how time works. This this episode was filmed in the late 90s, almost 2000. Mm-hmm. So this was not normalized. Butt stuff was not normalized. Do you, do you think it's normalized today? Yes and no. This article does, like, in my research that I did today, it does start to talk about how... The LGBT community is far better at talking about it. So whether or not you're whether or not you're bisexual or gay or wherever you sit on the full spectrum of sexuality, you are more likely to discuss this, which I think is great. I think that's um, something that's happened, especially since the AIDS epidemic. I think the LGBTQ community has really embraced the idea of open and honest communication when it comes to sexual health in a way that straight people are too freaking scared to do because we're too afraid that like, Oh my God, what if I'm perceived as gay? So with that being said, I would agree. I think that straight couples, um, even joking around with other couples, if you're like hanging out with other couples, you'll mention like having sex or like banging in certain like new spots or whatever, but the, no one ever brings up the out, out of the normal hetero, Right. Missionary lights off. Missionary lights off. No one really talks <laughs> about anything outside of that, even now. And the data suggests that women are more interested 
we're more capable of speaking to it than men are still. Mm. Like in, in your, your social circle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, however, yeah. Um, when I say the data suggests the person that brought this up, the author that brought this up was essentially saying that there's been health studies around like anal activity and such in the LGBTQ community, but they won't like, no one's willing to study it in the heterosexual community. So if you're more straight oriented and you don't want to like, you know, go exploring with whoever, like if you're not paying in any capacity, there's not a lot of data there because no one wants to study or be studied in that. Hmm. Um, and it's not a place that people put funding, which is unfortunate because maybe when we talk about better sexual health, it would help if we had data that said, you know, X amount of people do really enjoy having a finger stuck up their butt. Yeah. Again, consensually. We're going to take a really quick break and we'll be back for sex food. We love pretty things. Do you? I bet you do. Our newest sponsor is Reverie Floral, a custom floral and design shop located in Denver, Colorado. The shop focuses on large events and weddings and rad floral installments. Reverie's a big fan of us. We're a big fan of you. So obviously, this is a match made in flower-filled heaven. Check them out at reveriefloral.com or on their Insta at reverie underscore floral and revel in the pretty with us. favorite yes let's move on from our meandering opinions around communication and butt stuff to trivia questions that i did not make easy for you i'm ready bring it on okay great (laughs) um all right here we go in this you guys will see why i kind of had to fumble over some of my timeline in our body talk segment because uh the first two questions directly relate to the research that i was doing we're learning so much this week a 2003 milestone Supreme Court decision. Okay, so are you up on your Supreme Court decisions? Not as much as I should be. Mm. Uh, Lawrence versus Texas is the case. Toppled a remaining law. What was that law? Perhaps it has something to do with gay rights. I'm just letting her fumble her way to an answer. I don't know anything about... Um Supreme Court decisions from 2003? This particular Supreme Court decision <laughs> from 2003. But I can imagine if it has anything to do with what we were talking about and something having to do with that. I don't know. No longer outlying the use of probe tools. <laughs> <laughs> That's my final answer. All right. I thought she was going to get there. She was fumbling this way. So I'm going to call this answer wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were getting there. The 2003 decision outlawed the last of the anti-sodomy laws. Sodomy. That was the word that I was trying to. Yeah. No, that was the word that I was trying to get to, but I couldn't I couldn't come up with it. But you were going to end up just yelling butt stuff at me and I would have accepted butt stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But essentially during the George W. Bush presidency, which I was in high school for a lot of um, and moving into college for. So this is not something that I was 
I was certainly not as political in terms of paying attention to what his Justice Department was doing, but they were trying to really bust a lot of porn producers on obscenity on obscenity charges because the porn at this point, and this kind of goes back to what I, the article was talking about, mm-hmm. is porn starts to really normalize these uh, this idea of these like non I'm using quotations non normative sex acts, so things like anal sex or any kind of anal play. Um, and this law basically says, this is fine. Like if you want to do butt stuff, you get to do butt stuff. And it does go, it does play into gay rights for sure. And this happened in Texas. Yeah. Interesting. Of course it did. <laughs> of course it did. Well, I learned something. So yeah. Awesome. I actually, I didn't know this either. Um, I do remember paying attention to the gay rights movement in the two thousands leading up towards, um, uh, leading up towards gay marriage and such. But I feel really naive to think that there weren't a lot of obstacles around sexuality, the actual act of sex that they, that this movement had to overcome. Right. So thought that was really interesting. Um, I have a statistics question for you. Excellent. Mm-hmm. A survey of sexually active adults from 2019 how comfortable are Americans discussing butt play? We started to get into this and I was like, oh, this is a trivia question. I gotta be vague. Um, so essentially, what percentage of people do you think are somewhat or very, very comfortable discussing butt stuff topics? 60%. All right. Uh, it's actually 19% are very comfortable discussing it, <laughs> which is higher than I thought even after, even in doing all my research. I found that surprising. Not very close to the 60% though. Well, apparently I'm very comfortable with talking about it and only surround myself with people who are very comfortable with talking about it. <laughs> yeah. That's why we did a podcast about this. <laughs> um, actually, and then 25% said they were somewhat comfortable. So we do have 45% of sexually active adults are at least somewhat comfortable talking about anal-related sexual activities. Mm. Just talk about it, guys. Yeah. Whether or not you're like into doing it, just talk about it. Because you're also allowed to say, I'm not into it. Maybe just start with saying it out loud. Finger up the butt. <laughs> Let's everybody together. Finger, Finger up, up the butt. butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready for question three? I'm ready. You got that wrong, by the way. I know. Uh, But I do think 45... I'm actually surprised you went as high as you did. I'm still comfortable talking about it, though, so I still think that I win. Yeah, all right. I'll give you that. (laughs) That doesn't count. Number three. (laughs) Number three. What was Miranda's egg roll guy's profession? Ah, shit. Uh Mm-hmm. Directly related to the episode you watched approximately two hours ago. Investment banker? I don't know. Good guess, knowing that, you know, that's usually Charlotte's gig. Mm. He was a dermatologist. Interesting. Thanks for listening to us. <laughs> yeah. Funky Spunk Season 2 is brought to you by A Vague Idea Podcast Network and produced by Trash Bag Media and recorded right here at Sono Denver. Special thanks goes out to Nate Regolia, Rex Roberts, Bo Hughes, Defenestrate, and the wonderful people at our local liquor store who always sell us booze with a smile. This episode had no tequila in it, despite the fact that it sounded like it did. Did have wine, though. Questions for the show? Follow us on Instagram at Funky Spunk Podcast or email us at funkyspunkpod at gmail.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's
Denver. You heard us talk about it. Uh, they are one of our major sponsors, but I want to take a moment to tell you why we actually are here. Because we love it. It's the coffee. It's it the is coffee. truly the coffee. I show up every day for the coffee. Yeah. We've been all stuck at home. We get to come here every day. It's super clean and safe. and It's a nice way to get out of your house while still being productive. Uh, I get to interact with people in a way that I haven't interacted with people in so long. Right. Get some get some stuff done. He's got a keg. Yeah. I like drinking and I like coffee. If you guys are looking for a co-working space, check out Steno Denver and our listeners get two free weeks of Which co-working. It's pretty dope because you would be co-working with Zimmy and I. With us. Do you guys want to be our best friends? You want to be best friends? Please. We can be best friends. All right. Check Steno Denver out at stenodenver.com. And use the promo code Funky Spunk. Yeah.